Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Oh Father, we come before you tonight. We love you, Jesus. We ask of God that your will be done amongst us. Speak to our hearts. Touch our hearts. We ask of God that at the end of this service, our work with you will be taken to another level. We thank you, Jesus. Spirit of God, we ask that you have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Wonderful. Well, I am happy to see all of you. And um, it is a great thing for us to always gather together. It is a wonderful thing. And um, you may not see, you may not understand the importance of this, but um, one of the greatest things that God gave us is the ability for us to assemble together. Hallelujah. And I believe tonight God is going to speak to us. How many of you believe that God is going to speak to us? I am always confident that whenever we open the scriptures, God speaks to us. Hallelujah. Well, we began sharing a series of messages last week. We began sharing a message that we call Fight the Good Fight of Faith. Do you remember? And I believe I introduced this message to you. We said there are different kinds of fight. There are different kinds of fight and some fights are bad fights that you should not involve yourself in. But there's one particular fight that God wants us to fight. Hallelujah. And it is a good fight of faith. Amen. It is a good fight of faith. And I gave you three reasons why a fight is a good fight. Do you remember? I gave you three reasons why a fight is a good fight. And we said a fight, number one, a fight is a good fight because you will win. You will win. You will win if it's a good fight. Amen. Any fight that you will lose is not worth fighting. It's a bad fight to begin with. You are not supposed to be involved in a fight like that. And number two, we said it is a good fight because it will cause you no harm. Amen. At the end of the fight, there will be no harm done to you. You will not suffer any harm. The after effects of this fight are good things. They are not harmful things. Hallelujah. So a good fight will leave you no harm. And the third reason we said a a fight is a good fight when there is what? A good price or a reward. It is a good fight because there is a good price. 
there is a reward for it. Hallelujah. Today we want to continue with this message. And um, I want us to read our foundational scriptures again. And the first one is 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7. Hallelujah. Why don't we all read it together? One, two, three, go. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. One more time. One, two, three, go. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Hallelujah. And then we read a second scripture also in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Do you have all these scriptures? These are very wonderful and powerful scriptures and we want to learn and understand them. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Tell your neighbor, fight the good fight of faith. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Hallelujah. So you see, in these scriptures, God is instructing us to fight. And the fight is a good fight. God is instructing us to fight so that At the end, we will have the faith. Amen. Amen. The fight is a good fight. And if God is instructing us to fight, it must be a good fight. It must come with a good price. And there shouldn't be any harm. Sibali, isn't that so? If God is instructing us to fight, then the fight should not bring us any harm. Amen. The fight should not bring any evil things. Hallelujah. It is a good fight. Amen. The fight of faith is a good fight. Tell your neighbor, the fight of faith is a good fight. Hallelujah. The fight is about keeping the faith. That is what the fight is about. It's about keeping the faith. Fighting to keep the faith. Amen. It is a fight to survive the Christian life. Hallelujah. To fight so that you can remain a Christian. You can continue to serve God. It's a fight. Amen. When the fight is over, means when you have finished your course, when you have finished fighting, what you will be left with is faith. You will still be standing in faith. Sashili, do you understand? After the fight is over, you will find yourself in faith. Jesus said, if I come, would I still find men still standing in faith? That is, when you have continued in the fight, and when the fight is over, that means when the Lord comes, he will find you in faith. It means you have fought a good fight. Hallelujah. You have fought a good fight. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Say my course. Not a pastor's course. Not your husband's cause. Not your wife's cause. You have fought a good fight and you have finished your cause. 
point to your neighbor and say, it is your cause. Amen. You see, it is your, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And I have kept the faith. Not another person. And a lot of times, you see, we behave as if we are fighting for somebody. We are fighting for the pastor. A lot of people come to church and it's like, oh, the pastor will be happy to see me. Do you see? A lot of times, be honest with yourself. Be honest. Sometimes, don't you come to church because of the pastor. That the way the pastor has been talking about Tuesday service, I will come to shame him. I will come to shame him. Isn't that so? But I tell you, if you have made a choice to be here, you are fighting a good fight. I say you are fighting a good fight. I say you are fighting a good fight. You are fighting your own course. You are completing your own course. And in the end, you are the one who will still be found in faith. Hallelujah. The pastor may not be found in faith. May he never, ever, 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 ever be me. I will still be found in faith by the grace of God. But may you also be found in faith. Amen. At the end of the fight, I want to be found in faith. And you must also be found in faith. You must continue fighting that when Christ comes, you will still be in faith. Because there are so many people who begin, but they are never in faith when Christ comes. Many people begin as Christians, they are dying and they are not in the faith. Hallelujah. And oftentimes it baffles me when I, I see in a hospital and um, you see someone who is critically ill and they have a Bible open by his pillow. And they have a lot of scriptures in his room, you know, and a lot of Psalms written and all sorts of things. Beloved, if you are not dying in faith, you are not dying in faith. And at that time, it's not a time. Opening the Bible to Psalm 23 is not making you stand in faith. It's not a fight. It's not a fight at that time. At that time, you can't fight. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing this evening? Yeah. You need to fight and finish your course. And keep the faith. Tell somebody, keep the faith. Hallelujah. So I want to give you reasons why we must fight the good fight. Reasons why we must fight the good fight. Number one is to achieve success and victory in the faith. To achieve success and victory in the faith. I'm teaching you very, very important things tonight. Hallelujah. To achieve success and victory in the faith. You see, all the things we are doing, if we do not achieve success and victory in the faith, it is useless. There are so many things that we can receive from the Lord when we are in the faith or when we are walking with him. We can have good health. We can have good marriage good relationships, we can have prosperity, we can have so many things, but if we do not have good success and achieve victory in faith, it is all useless. It is all useless. Amen. 
You can have a lot of money. You can prosper and have buildings and have property and have a lot of things. If you do not stand in faith when the Lord comes or when the Lord calls you, it is useless. He says, what shall it profit a man? If you will gain the whole world, you gain everything. The whole of Manhattan skyscrapers belong to you. All the towers in Manhattan belong to you. And you lose your soul. It does not profit you anything. It is, now, when something does not profit you, it means that it is useless. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So, 1 Timothy 6.12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Lay hold of eternal life. Now, lay hold of eternal life. Bridget, does it sound like someone is trying to take it away from you? When they say, lay hold, lay hold of something. Lay hold of something. Does it sound like someone is trying to take something from you? Yes. That is what the enemy is trying to do to you. The enemy is trying to take away your eternal life. The enemy is trying to take away your salvation. So, God is teaching us, he says, lay hold of this eternal life that you have found. Lay hold of it. Lay hold of it. Amen. Amen. The enemy will take the salvation from you any minute, any time. It means if you don't hold fast, if you don't hold tightly to it, if you don't lay hold, he will take it away from you. You will lose it. I tell you, if you don't hold fast your salvation, you will lose it. Jennifer, do you understand? You will lose it. You will lose it. If you don't hold fast your salvation, you will lose it. The enemy will take it away from you any minute. Anyone who does not hold tightly, the enemy will take it from you. Hallelujah. Now, this is the reason for the fight. Do you understand, Ellen? This is the reason for the fight. You are trying to lay hold on it. You are trying to hold tightly to it. And the enemy is constantly trying to take it away from you. It means that you are in a constant fight to hold on to your salvation. You are in a constant battle to hold on to... The scripture says, lay hold to this eternal life. Lay hold to the eternal life. Amen. And the fight is relentless. It's a relentless fight. Pastor, when will the fight be over? The fight will be over when you die. Or when Christ comes. Amen. When will the fight be over? When Christ comes, that is when the fight is over. When you die, that is when the fight is over. And when you are dying, ensure that you are laying hold of the salvation. You are holding fast to the salvation. You are holding on to the eternal life. Even as you are dying. Amen. So, Reverend, it doesn't mean that we have to continue doing this, coming to church, Tuesday, Sunday, giving offerings, tight, uh, praying all night. Should we do this? When are we going to stop? We are never going to stop. We are never going to stop. Should we continue to do this? Yes. Now, you see, anything that you are doing this way can become very repetitive and it can become boring. 
Do you see? And then you can become wary of it. Now, that is why you don't stay in this state and continue doing the same thing. You also have to rise up to a place where now you are also shepherding somebody. You have to move on. It becomes now your responsibility to also ensure that someone else is being established. Now, it is not just you come to church and you listen, you sit and you listen and it's over and you leave and it's over and and you come again and you listen and it's over and you eat. But now, you are coming to a stage where now you are the preacher. Amen. Amen. Andy, that you are not the preacher. Amen. Amen. That you finish, you play the keyboard and then you come and then you are jumping, you are running here and now, now you are ready to minister. Yes. Oh, yes. Amen. And Maggie, that you gather some young women and then you say, listen, come, come. Gather them, a group, and then you are teaching them. You people in this church, you have heard a lot. You have heard a lot. And if you have received a lot, it means that a lot will be required of you. A lot will be required of you. Amen. Recently, I was going over some of the messages that we have shared in this church. And I said, the church has heard. Cynthia, would you agree with me that the church has heard a lot? Yes. We have heard a lot. And if you don't also rise up. It says, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again. Which, when this teaching, this what I'm doing is a very fundamental it's a very fundamental that you sit down and we are, you are being taught. It's a very fundamental. Marion, do you understand what I'm sharing? Yes. It's very fundamental. Sheila, it's very fundamental. Yes, you have done very well. You come for Sunday service and you come for Tuesday service. But there will come a time that, Sheila, you gather people and then you are teaching them. Is it possible? Yes, it is possible. It is possible. Sibali, it is possible. You gather people and then you are teaching them. Bridget, it's possible. Yes. We all began this way. But you will not sit down. There will come a time that you will gather people and the work of God, I tell you, it is not you. God will anoint you to do that. If only you have a heart and preparedness to rise up to do that. He will anoint you to do that. Amen. And so the fight is relentless, but you have to make it exciting. Amen. Amen. You have to make it exciting. Otherwise, it becomes boring at some point. That is why I encourage all of you to become shepherds. Shepherds where we can assign you sheep that you also follow. That you came to church and some people were not in church Sunday and you look and I didn't see this person that I'm following. I didn't see this person. I, I want to find out. Oh, I just found out that this person has a cold. This person was not well. This person, and you went and then you visit the person and then you come. Oh, Reverend, this person was not. This is how, you see, you, it becomes exciting to you. Amen. The work, you see, the course, it is your course. The pastor also has his course. I also have my course that I have to run. My calling you and following you up is my course. So you don't come and leave all the course for the pastor. It's the pastor and you are the one that you, you are the one that says you want to be a pastor. I am running my course also. Amen. 
I am also running my course. Hallelujah. Yes. It says, fight a good fight. Fight a good fight. Hallelujah. Now, the good fight is that which you can overcome the opponent. Do you understand? And if you cannot be overcome, it means that you have taken a very good strategy and you have taken a good position. Do you understand? Yeah. So, you see, we are all fighting. Who are we fighting? We are fighting Satan. The good thing is that the good thing is that Satan cannot devour, he cannot overcome every Christian. That is a good thing. He cannot overcome every Christian. Hallelujah. There's a scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Let's read that. It says, be sober, be vigilant, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Why should you be sober? Why should you be vigilant? Why? Do you understand sober? I mean, stop drinking. Stop sleeping. Stop sleeping. Stop being tipsy. Stop, stop napping. Be sober. Be awake. Be vigilant. Watch out. Watch out. Why? He says, because your adversary, who is your adversary? That is your enemy. That is the one who is after you, the devil. Listen, your, your adversary is not your husband. Your adversary is not the beloved who disappointed you. For whose reason you say you will not come to church. Your adversary is not your sister. It is not your friend. Your adversary is not your choir master. Because of whom you say you will not come to church. That is not your adversary. Amen. The Bible is telling you who is your adversary. It says your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he walketh about, he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That is your enemy. He's going back and forth. He's hanging around, lingering around, and checking the people out, seeking whom he can devour. And then he says, verse 9, he says, whom this person, the Bible says, resist. This enemy, he says, resist, resist, steadfast in the faith. Am I preaching to somebody? I'm not, I'm not getting your attention. Dorothy, do you understand the script? Let us go back to verse 8, verse 8, begin from verse 8, and let's continue reading. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, your enemy, the adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. Do you know what is a roaring lion? A roaring lion is a hungry lion. A hungry lion is an angry lion. Do you understand? It says, your adversary, the devil, and he's being compared to 
as a roaring lion. He's being compared to a lion who is hungry and angry and roaring. And he walketh about your adversary. The description is finished. This is what he's doing. He walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Who is loose? Whom can I chop? Whom can I devour? Who can be my lunch? And then he says, this person, he says, whom you ought to resist steadfast in the faith. That means resist him constantly in the faith. Resist him nonstop in the faith. Resist him relentlessly in the faith. In the faith. He says, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The same thing. Your, your pastor is also going through the same trouble. Everyone. Every Christian. Do you think I don't feel hungry when I fast? Because I'm the pastor? <laughs> I also feel hungry when I'm fasting. I also, I also feel hungry and when I'm fasting I see a lot of food at the workplace. I also feel that and I close my eyes and I say hey. hey. Then I walk around and I walk by. Don't I tell you all the time. I said these people we are fasting and look at all the food that they have displayed around this place. Yeah. Free lunch. You say you didn't take food to work because you are fasting. And then they have laid all this food before you. And you are fasting. The pastor, he says, your brethren are also going through the same affliction. The enemy is showing them all these things also. The same way. The same thing you are going through. The pastor is also going through the same thing. Verse 10. He says, but the God of all grace... Who had called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that ye have suffered. The fight you will suffer. The, I say you will suffer. In this fight you will suffer. You may be sleepy but you will be here. You are sleepy but you are praying. You are hungry but you are still fasting. You see it is not easy but you will suffer for it. He says but after you have suffered a while. He will make you perfect. Establish. Strengthen. And he will settle you. Hallelujah. Why don't you come for Jesus? He will settle you. Be vigilant. Be sober. Look, let's read this from verse 9 in the message. Let's read the message. Verse 9. It says, keep your guard up. Keep your guard. Keep your guard up. You are not the only ones... Plan verse 8. Let's go back to verse 8. Verse 8. It says, keep a cool head. Let your head be cool. Keep a cool head. Stay alert. Stay alert. The devil is poised. Do you understand what is poised? He has positioned himself. He has positioned himself. Ready. He says, the devil is poised to do what? To pounce. Joyce, do you understand what it means? He says, the devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Do you understand? You say, he would like to catch you napping. 
catch you sleeping. He will like to catch you, catch you sleeping. You know, when we were in school, when we were in school, when we were in secondary school, we used to have a class prefect. And when we go for prep, the night preparation for the next day's class, there is someone who watches, who is sleeping. You see, and he wants to catch you sleeping. Because once he catches you sleeping, he writes your name. And you will be in trouble. So this enemy, he's looking to see, for instance, as we are sitting here, some of you, I saw you were dozing already. The enemy is looking to see, to catch you sleeping. <laughs> it's not me. You can sleep all you want. I'm not the one who is going to catch you sleeping. Me, when I catch you sleeping, I will just ask you to wake up. But the enemy, when he catches you sleeping, he will pounce on you. (laughs) Do you understand the word of God tonight? Yeah. Are you awake? You better be awake. Don't let the enemy catch you sleeping. He says, he bet, he says, and would like nothing better than to. That is what he's looking for. He's looking to see who is sleeping, who is napping, who is not praying. We say we are fasting. Who has gone to work and you are, you say, oh, let me break at four o'clock. He wants to catch you, he will pounce on you. Verse 9. He says, Verse 8, keep your guard. You are not the only ones plunged into these hard times. You are not the only ones. It's the same with Christians all over the world. It's not a special problem for you alone. It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on what? On the faith. Wow. Keep a firm grip on the faith. Don't let the faith go. Keep a firm grip on the faith. The suffering won't last forever, I tell you. The suffering, this fight, it will not last forever. He said, it won't be long before this generous God, who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. Then you will not fight anymore. I tell you, that is when the fight is over. Amen. Amen. So, the easiest opponent, who is the easiest opponent for the enemy to conquer? The easiest opponent is the one who, number one, is not even aware that there is a fight. You, You don't even know that there is a fight. The easiest opponent is the one who is not even aware. You are not even aware. The one that the enemy is looking for to catch is the one who is not even aware that there is a fight. Some of you, you are not even aware that this Christian thing is a fight. You think it is we serve God by convenience. And it shows in your attitude. It shows in your attitude. You come when you want. You come late. You, 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 and when you are late, you are not running as if, you see, you are not running as if the enemy is watching you. 
you're not running as if the enemy is watching. Hey, she's late. She's late. Because if you knew the enemy is watching to see you late, you'd be running here. Isn't that so? Because you are not aware even this Christian walk is a fight. But God says, fight a good fight. It's a fight. Lay hold. Lay hold on it. Somebody is trying to take it from you. It's a fight. Amen. Amen. The second reason why you'll be an easier opponent for the enemy to conquer is because you underestimate the power and the strength of the enemy. You underestimate the power and the strength of your enemy. And the enemy, Jesus acknowledged in Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. Jesus says, he has given you power over what? Over all the power of the enemy. That means the enemy has some power. But the one who has some power over the enemy, he's the one that can overcome the enemy. Do not underestimate your enemy. And the third reason why someone is an easier opponent for the enemy to conquer is that you are not aware of the presence of the enemy. You are not aware of the presence of the enemy. Hallelujah. That you had a fight with your husband and you are angry and you are not coming to church. You are not even aware that the enemy is involved in this. Do you understand? That you didn't set your alarm and your alarm didn't go off. And you woke up late. And when you woke up, you think that service is over and you didn't come to church. You don't even think that the enemy is involved in this. How come Monday to Friday, your alarm goes off nonstop? Every day, Monday to Friday, you are able to go to work. But Sunday, you say, my alarm didn't go off. How come? Amen. How come? Am I preaching to somebody this evening? You don't know that your enemy is. Some, sometimes the enemy, your, your, your schedule, suddenly your schedule is changed and you can't come to church. And you don't even think that the enemy is involved. You don't think that the enemy is involved. Hallelujah. You are, you, you, your, your car is what you, you use to bring people to church. You pick this one up pick, and then it's broken. And you don't think, you don't rise up to think that the enemy is involved in this. Amen. Amen. So, you are not aware of the presence of the enemy concerning the things that are happening to you. Now, if you have seen one of these wildlife documentaries, how many of you have seen that before? You know, these wildlife animal movies, documentaries. If you have seen that, then you will understand 1 Peter 5.8 very well. If you have seen it, then 1 Peter 5 8 will make a lot of sense to you. Hallelujah. Because you see, you see a group of deer. What do you call a group of deer? It's called what? Is it a herd of deer? Is it a herd of deer? It's a herd of deer. You see a herd of deer, right? And you see them grazing, grazing in the grass. And they are all together. And they are all together grazing. They have come together and they move together and they are grazing. You don't know what is a deer? Who doesn't know what is a deer? (laughs) Hallelujah. 
So you see them gracing together. They are all together. And then as they are gracing, as they are all together, you know, they move from one place together and they are here and they are all together. Every now and then you see that one deer, one poor deer, he starts eating and then he starts eating and then you see him going a little further and further away from the head, away from the group. Do you see? And then you see him going further and further and further away from the group. And, you know, when you are there as a single loner deer, you see, you are eating here and the group is over there. Anytime you lift up your head, you see the group. So you feel okay. You feel safe. You see? So you continue to eat. And then you are eating. And then you are eating and then you are moving around because you are looking for some nice grass. You have, you have heard that there's some, there's some prophet in town. So you are looking for some good grass. And then you have left, you are eating a little bit. And then, you see, sometimes you say, oh, today I'm too tired. I am not going to church. I will, I will lie in my bed and just watch TBN. Do you see? You say, oh, I'll watch TBN. You know, so this Sunday I'm not going to church. This Tuesday I'm not going to church. I will stay at home and watch TBN. And, but you see, the deer, as you are around, when you lift up your head, you see the group. So you still feel safe. Oh, you, so you are watching TBN. And it's not like I went to do my laundry. It's not like I went to the supermarket. I'm watching TBN anyway, so it's still the same. I'm, it's still church. You know, we are, so you feel safe. You understand what I'm sharing with you? So it feels safe. And so it, it, it's sort of okay. The deer feels secured, but because when he lifts the head up, he still sees them. Now, unknown to the deer, unknown to the deer, there is a roaring lion. Do you understand? And he is poised. He's been waiting and watching them, watching the head, the group, and watching the single one. His eyes are on them. And he's going back and forth and then looking and seeking someone whom he may devour. And looking around and looking around. Look, Tina, come here. Come. Looks like a wild. Amen. Amen. Do you see? You see, the group is here. The head is here. This is where we are all eating. Now this small deer, you see, she's eating around. You know, she's eating around. But whenever, you know, whenever she turns around and she looks, she sees the head. So she feels safe. She feels secure. Do you see? She feels secure. And then she keeps eating around and eating around. But there is, there is a lion. There is a lion. A roaring lion who is somewhere, you know, in a corner. And he's looking at the group and he's looking at this one. He's looking at the group and he's looking at this one. Now, if you were a lion and you are hungry and you are roaring around seeking someone to devour between this group and this loner deer, whom would you choose for lunch? choose for lunch? Why? 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 It's an easy prey. It's an easy prey. This one, you don't need to fight much. You see, this is too difficult. This group, I can't devour. 
They are always together. They are always coming to church. They are always hearing the message. They are always learning something. I can't devour this group. By the time I'm making plans, he's coming to church. I am trying to sleep with this girl, but she has taken her Bible. She's going back to church. I can't devour this one. I can't devour that one. They are always together, but this one right here. Amen. You see, the safety, the safety of the loner deer, the safety, the strength, her defenses, it is in the group. It is when she is in the group, that is when she cannot be devoured. They, she had been in the group all the while and the lion could not devour. But the moment she singled out, the moment she separated from the group, because the lion is poised, all he's looking for is the one who will separate himself from the group. Is the one who will come out of the group. Is the one who will say, I am tired, I will stay home tonight. Is the one who will say, I'm not going for the prayer meeting. It is the one who says, Oh, they announced the camp, not me. I'm not going. And they will leave them, everyone together. And that one alone, that is one that the deer will pounce on. That is the one the deer will pounce on. You see, you see, it's like your enemy, your enemy, he's like a roaring lion. He's going back and forth, keeping eye on the entire group and seeking the one that he can devour. The one that he can devour. Hallelujah. And so when she has gone a little further, a little further and a little further, the deer, he says that he's poised, he's poised. Sometimes you see that they lie low. Do you think if she was aware of the presence of the enemy, she would come out? A lot of people are not aware of the presence of the enemy. A lot of people are not conscious of what the enemy is seeking to do to them. A lot of people don't know the plans that the enemy has concerning your life. Each time that you are separating yourself, you see, you don't know what plans the enemy has for your life. Amen. And so when the enemy sees this one, he pounces on her. And when he pounces, what does she do? What, will, what do you think she will do? When the enemy starts chasing after her, where is she going to go? She's going to run back to the group. She's going to run back. Why? Because she knows unconsciously or consciously that is where her strength is. That is where her strength is. She knows that her strength is in when we are together. She knows that that is where her strength is. Amen. But you see, the moment she starts coming back, the moment she starts coming back, it is too late. The enemy has caught up with her. You know, the enemy, and she's screaming. And she's crying and she's jumping that they can see her, that the group will come and defend her and it's too late. You see, a lot of times, that is what we do. We separate ourselves and we get into serious troubles. And then you see us running. You see, all night you are here. Now, every prayer meeting you are here. You are calling the pastor at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. you are calling. You know, you are paying your tithe now because you are falling into some deep trouble. You are yelling for help. 
But you realize you are far gone. The enemy has caught up with you. Am I preaching to somebody tonight? Hallelujah. So most people, when they stray away, when they stray away, they fall into big trouble. They fall into big trouble. And the enemy pounces on you. Because as you are running back, you realize that so many things have entangled you. So many things. And then you realize that when you come back, you are not able to flow. You are not able to, you are not able to do the things that you... You see, it takes the grace of God for you to come back to that stage. It takes the grace of God. And that you have to realize the grace that God has shown you even to bring you back. Amen. Put your hands together for our lonely dear. You see, she's so lonely and so weak. But when she joins the group, when she joins the group, when she joins the group, see the strength has come. You see how mobile and miserable she was looking? All of a sudden, now you see, she's laughing and she's, you see, yeah. Am I preaching to somebody tonight? The enemy will catch up with you and you are helpless. Helpless. Because the strength, the strength, the strength for the poor deer is in the head. It is when the head is together. It is when the head are collectively gracing together. That is when there is strength. Amen. The strength is in the assembly. Hallelujah. So in the fight of faith, your strength is in staying in the group together. Your strength is in staying in the group. That is how the enemy cannot devour you. When you are in the group, when you remain part of the group, the moment you drift off, you become a prey to the enemy. Hallelujah. So God says that the best way, the best way to continue in this fight is according to Hebrews 10.25. It says, wherefore not forsaking the assembling, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. As it has become the manner of some. Some of you, it has become your habit. Your manner is forsaking the assembly. Some of you, it's, it's so easy to forsake the assembly. Oh, today is Sunday. I don't feel like going. It's Tuesday. I don't feel like I'll go next week. Easily. Anything can come. You see, God knows where your strength is. You say, I am home and I'm watching TBN. God knows. You are not wiser than God. I say, you are not wiser than God. You say, oh, I don't go to church, but I pray. You are not wiser than God. He says, forsake not the assembly. He says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Hallelujah. Let us read that from the New Living, New International Version, the NIV. Hebrews 10.25. Hebrews 10.25. It says, let us not give up meeting together. Let us not give up. Let us not give up meeting together. Do not give up this meeting. Never give up this meeting. Never give up this meeting. Can you hear me? Can somebody hear me? Never give up the meeting of ourselves together. 
No matter what is happening, never give up. The meeting of ourselves together. Never give up. Never give up. Don't let things come in your way to make you give up this meeting. Don't let anything that someone says make you give up this meeting. Never. He says, never. You you should never give up the assembly. Never give up this meeting. Your strength is. Let me tell you something. You are not wiser than God. Oh, you know, do you understand the word of God? Never give up. Your strength is in the assembly. Your strength is in us together. Hallelujah. Ignatius, do you understand? That is your strength. So don't let things come and then you, your, your attendance is convenience. No. That means no matter what is happening, you are tired, but as for the assembly, I will be with them. I am sleepy. I worked the night before, but if the assembly is gathering, if the church is gathering, I'll be here. Mandela, do you understand? Yes. I feel very tired, but I am here. That is why when they change your schedule such that you cannot be with the assembly, fight, pray, fast about it. Let it bother you. Don't let, don't let it be so okay. Oh, they have changed my schedule. You know, these days I'm not able to come to church because they have changed my schedule. I don't know what I did, but they, they have changed my schedule. And you are okay with it. You see, let it bother you. Let it trouble you. And when God sees that you understand 1 Peter 5, 8, and you understand Hebrews 10, 25, and you put it together, and God sees that you really understand these two scriptures, he'll make a way for you that you'll be able also to overcome that. He'll make a way for you. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to somebody tonight? Yeah. He says, not forsaking. He says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. It is your habit too much. We see you this Sunday. Two Sundays, you are not here. And then you show up. And then you come again the next Sunday and you are home. And it's okay for you. Let me tell you, I say you are not wiser than God. If God says that, give up not the meeting, don't give it up. Don't let anything come between you and your meeting. Your strength. You see, you are not aware of it. You are not conscious. You do not know. Perhaps you are alive today because of this gathering. Perhaps you are alive today. I'm telling you something. Sometimes you need to attend certain funerals to learn certain things. Amen. Perhaps you are here today, you are still breathing today because of this gathering. And God knows. So he says, do not forsake this assembly. When they are assembling themselves together, don't exclude yourself. Join it. Amen. So you can be a baby deer. You know what they, what they call a baby deer? What is a baby deer? A baby deer is a fawn. A fawn. F-A-W-N. Fawn. What do you call a male deer? What is a male deer? You eat the deer. You don't know even their names. What is a male deer? A male deer is a stag or a buck. (laughs) What about a female deer? A female deer. You don't know a female deer. A female deer is a doe. D-O-E. A doe. Have you learned something today? 
Put your hands together for Jesus. You came to church tonight, you learned something. Hallelujah. Amen. So you see, you can be a baby deer. You can be a fawn. A weak baby deer. As long as you remain in the group, you are safe. That is how you grow. You remain in the group. You are a baby Christian. Do not forsake the assembly. Every opportunity you have, come. And eventually, gradually, you realize you are growing. You are growing. And very soon, you realize you are having horns. And you are developing. You are developing. As a baby, as you are, just remain in the group. And if I were a dear, I would choose to be in the center of the group. The very center of the group. Such that the lion will not even see me. (laughs) He will not see me. Amen. He will not see me. I will choose to be in the center. Hallelujah. You see, because, look, let me tell you, if you, I say your strength is in the group. Your strength. Many strong Christians, they're very strong Christians wherever they come from. They come to this country and they hide. They think that no one knows that they are here. Nobody knows that they are around. They don't come to the group. They don't assemble. They all backslide. I tell you, they all backslide. Those of you who came and you, you hate yourself small, you realize what happened to you. You, re, you remember what almost happened to you. You almost had a baby. Most of you young girls, let me tell you. Most of you young girls. Hallelujah. I'm just preaching. I'm just preaching. Amen. Most of you, most of you young girls, you know that the group is a safety net for you. Sometimes, sometimes you are afraid to do certain things because of the group. You are embarrassed to do certain things because of the group. A lot of you, if it wasn't for the assembly, you will be already with a lot of gadgets and a lot of goods in front of you already. You have a stroller and two other ones following you and this one's baby's father. This one has a baby father. That one has a baby father. But by the grace of God, as long as you remain in the group, as long as you remain in the group, the enemy cannot devour you. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Look, many, many so-called Christians, many so-called Christians, they say we, we are Christians, we are this. They don't, they don't assemble frequently. They are not having a place where they assemble frequently. They are all have become like unbelievers. They quaff the beer. They, they, when they're having parties, they quaff their vodka. They, 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 they smoke cigarettes. You see, they sleep with, they are married, but they are sleeping with all kinds of other women, and so on and so forth. Having children in Virginia, having another one in Ohio, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But they say they are Christians. Oh, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah. 
I go to, um, I will not say it. I say, your safety is in the group. Your safety is in the assembling of ourselves together. When we assemble together, that is where our safety is. And you may not know. You may not, you see, that deer does not know the, the, the safety that is in the group. That is why when he sees the enemy, where does he run to? He runs to the safety. He runs to the group. That is where your safety is. Amen. Therefore, do not forsake it. Don't let the enemy see you. Napping. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody tonight? Staying away from the group is how the enemy will devour you. Staying away from the group. Hallelujah. Amen. So do not exclude yourself. When we are assembling ourselves together, don't exclude yourself. Hallelujah. The way you come to church, the way your attitude is, the way you do things, it shows that you are not aware of the enemy's presence at all. At all. Sometimes some of you come when you want. You are late. You choose certain meetings. The assembly, the, the, the people are assembling themselves together, but you select which ones you will not come. Anytime, anytime, you mark it yourself. Anytime the assembly is together and you exclude yourself, you, if you'll be honest with you, look at the things that happen to you. Look at the things that happen to you. A lot of Christians, they linger, they linger at the outskirts. They linger at the outskirts. But me, I want to be in the center. I don't know about you. Who wants to be in the center with me? Hey, so who is going to be on the outskirts? The ones who don't come for weekday service. <laughs> Amen. Don't exclude yourself from the assembly. Don't exclude yourself from the assembly. Hallelujah. Some of you exclude yourself from too many things. Sometimes you are in church and we are making announcements. And you see we are giving dates. And we are making announcements. It does not concern you at all. You are not taking any dates down. Oh, did they say Sunday? Oh, it's not Sunday. Oh, it doesn't concern you. It does not concern you. They say there's a camp. How many of you know? How many of you know? Don't say it. The date that we are having our camp. Okay. Now, let me see by show of hands. How many of you do not know the date that we are having our camp? Honestly, you don't know. Yeah. You see? Have we announced the day that you're having a cup? Have we sent messages? Yeah. Don't exclude yourself. But you see, because you have canceled yourself out, that's why you don't know. So sometimes we give a lot of dates. We say, we are having this this day. We are having this this day. And you see some people are writing it down. Oh, when is the woman's meeting? They write it down. So that I have to ask for a day off. When is the bishop's camp? When is the, um, the all night? When is this? And they are writing everything down. But you exclude yourself. It's like you are not part of the group. You are the type that the enemy is looking for. Amen. When the enemy sees that you have established yourself. You see. Now this is another stage. When the enemy sees that you have established yourself. 
and you are in the center. You have really planted yourself in the center. And he sees that this man, the way he's going, there's no way that he's going to be on the outskirts. Every meeting, he's there. He's becoming a shepherd. He's growing. He's now becoming um, he's in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a in a pop or the sap. He's not pop. <laughs> and now he's being trained. He's he's being trained, and he's 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 in post. He's taking exams. He's growing. You see, now they have made him a shepherd leader. They have made him a leader of a ministry. Now he gathers people and he's teaching them. When the enemy sees that you are in the center, he takes another strategy. He adapts another strategy. So when you are in the center, the enemy wants, you see, the Bible says that he's like a roaring lion. He's walking about, seeking whom he may devour. He wants the one who will come at the outskirts. He wants the one who will start separating himself. So when the group is together and you are all together and he can, then he will bring some commotion in the center. He will bring some disturbance in the center. He will bring some turbulence in the center. So that you you scatter. So he will bring an offense to someone who thinks you are in the center and you are established and now you are becoming even a pastor, you are assisting, you are leading, you are going here, the pastor is doing this with you, the pastor is going here with you, the pastor is chosen you to do this, now you are growing, he will bring an offense. And then when you get, when you get offended, then you start coming to the outskirts. You start coming out. You start separating yourself from the group. Because that is what he wants. That is what becomes devourable. Hallelujah. So any offense, you see, you are established in the church. You are the type that comes for Tuesday service, Wednesday service, all night prayer meetings, Sunday, every Sunday. Now you are even doing things. Offenses are your target. You see, every stage of your Christian life, the enemy has a different strategy for you. Every stage of your Christian life. A different strategy. Why didn't they choose me to do this? Why did they choose this person? I could have done, I've been here longer than this person. Why did, and then you start taking a low key, backing off from the center. And they don't want me part of it. They don't want me to be part of it. Look, Judas was in the center. Judas was in the center. Before the enemy was able to bring him out, when he went to see the high priest and the Pharisees, he was alone. He was alone. He did not go with the group. He did not go with the group. Somebody understand. I say, your strength is in the group. So whatever the enemy can do to get you out of the group or for you to form something against the group, such that, you see, and sometimes you see as the deer, as they are all together, as they are all together, all of a sudden you see two of them fighting. Have you seen that before? Look, make an effort. I am giving you a sermon. Every church member, go and watch some animal movie, Discovery Channel. Go and watch something about a deer and a lion. You will understand First Timothy 5.8. You understand? The Lord did not put that scripture there for nothing. Amen. And this week, our um, next week, 
Today is Tuesday already. Yes. Our um, area fellowships. This is the scriptures that we are praying with. All our meetings. That we will be steadfast in the faith. That nothing shall separate us. Nothing shall take us from the group. Amen. Our meeting, our area fellowships this week, prayer meeting. And pray for everyone who is, everyone who, for one reason or the other, does not come to church. Does not, you see, it says, and so much the more, we have to, for, we have to come together more. And we have to exhort one another. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The enemy is a wicked enemy. And he's seeking whom he may devour. Amen. So he says, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed. Let he falls. When you think you are standing, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. When you think you are firm, when you think you are now established, I'm not a baby Christian anymore. I come for Sunday service and I come for Tuesday service. When you feel like you are established, take heed that now your, 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 the, the tricks of the enemy and the weapons are different. They are different weapons. At every stage of your Christian walk, it's a different weapon. You see, at this stage, your temptations are not, you know, stealing and, you know, lying. Lying, some of you still having a little trouble with it. But um, your temptations are not, you know, fornication and adultery and smoking and drinking. That's not you. But offense. Offense. You're tight. Do you see? You're tight. You see, every stage, the enemy has a way of devouring you. And he comes with different strategies. Hallelujah. As a pastor, you know, fornication and I mean, adultery and, you know, stealing and lying, they are not my issue now. Do you understand? But church members smoking, I mean, smoking and drinking, come on. We have way past that. Do you understand? But he has other strategies. Other strategies. Why did they choose this pastor and not me? Why this one and not me? Why that and not me? And then you are offended. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But may you not be separated. I say, may you not be separated. May you not be devourable. May you never leave the group. Whatever it takes, may the Lord give you grace to remain. May you hold fast to the faith. May you lay hold onto the faith that the Lord has given you. Our time is up. Put your hands together and stand to your feet. Let's bring the service to an end. Hallelujah. Lay hold. Lay hold. Lay hold. Hold strongly onto the faith. Hold strongly. Hold strongly. Hold strongly. When you think you are standing, when you think you are established, beware of the enemy. Beware of offenses. Be conscious that the enemy's goal is to get you out of the group. It's to separate you from the group. But God is saying, hold fast to this salvation. Hold fast to this faith. Lay hold on your faith. Whereunto the Lord has called you. Yes. Oh, Jesus, we are thankful and grateful. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord. 
in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Oh, Jesus. Spirit of God, we thank you. That you've spoken to us tonight. Let your last rise. Oh, Jesus. Help us. My Lord. And close us. Break. And we never. Separate us from the love of Christ. Let your love surround me. 
Spirit lifts me up by the power of your love, and I will soar with you, Lord, and I will soar with you. Your Spirit lifts me up by the power of your love. Oh, yes. We are thankful tonight, oh Jesus. We are grateful, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that you have made us to be a partaker of this wonderful ministry. Lord, we thank you for giving us a church like this. A church that we can call ourselves members of. A place where we can come together. Where we can assemble ourselves together. Lord, let not anything separate us. Let not anything come to remove us from this assembly. We ask God, may we not be devourable by the enemy. May we not be loners. May the enemy not separate us from this group. We are thankful and grateful tonight. Father, help us to fight this good fight. Help us to continue on with this good fight of faith. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you of your spirits. We thank you for the divine strength that you have given us to go on. In Jesus' name. And I will soar with you. Your spirit lifts me on by the power of your love. You are here tonight. You are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. If Jesus were to come tonight, you are not sure, you are not certain where you will be. But tonight, you can make that certainty. You can make your salvation sure. You are here tonight, you have not given your life to Christ. But you say, I want to come to Jesus. I want to invite Jesus Christ into my life. If that is you. Maybe you come here Tuesday after Tuesday. Sunday after Sunday. But you feel in your heart that you feel very far from Christ. If that is you, wherever you are, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus. If that is you, with all eyes closed, every head bow, just lift up your hand wherever you are and I'll say a short prayer with you. Anyone here like that? You say, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. If I die today, if I die tomorrow, if I die in 10 years time, I want to be with Jesus. I want to fight this faith. I want to continue on with this fight. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? You want to be born again? You want to receive salvation? Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join in this prayer and say this after me. And say, Lord Jesus, Thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, I was conceived in sin. Tonight, I acknowledge that you are the Son of God. You died for my sins. 
Lord Jesus, I believe that you rose up again on the third day. Lord Jesus, tonight, let your blood wash me, cleanse me, purify me. I invite you to come into my life. Be my master. Be my Lord. Be my savior. Lord Jesus, please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.